Success is keeping our country safe. Now you want to secure your future. For more than 75 years, University of Maryland Global Campus has helped military service members like you reach your next goal. With 90-plus undergraduate and graduate programs, specializations, and certificates, more than 175 classroom and service locations worldwide, and online and hybrid courses, UMGC is here for you wherever your military service leads you. Personalized advising from knowledgeable military and veteran advisors will help you find the right path, while our military and veteran-specific scholarships make achieving your dreams possible. We'll help you succeed again. Now, active duty military, reserves, and their spouses can qualify for the Military New Graduate Student Savings Program. Eligible students save 30% per credit on most master's degrees and graduate certificates. Learn more at umgc.edu. Certified to operate by CHEV. (laughs) (laughs) Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Um, Welcome to our podcast, How to Stay Married So Far. And what else could we do other than how is our relationship surviving and your relationship surviving? In lockdown. In lockdown. Or for some people in quarantine. Or for some people, how is your... I mean, the other weird thing about this conversation is... We haven't said the first weird thing about it yet. Well, what is the first weird thing? I don't know. The fact that we're in lockdown. (laughs) Yeah, I suppose. Um, Just the whole premise. The whole premise that we're in lockdown is strange. But just want to... Often at the beginning of like a 12-step meeting, they'll say, let's take a minute to remember the still-suffering alcoholic or addict who's out yeah. there. And I wanted to take a second just to think about the fact that before we get going on the trials and tribulations of living with your partner, there's a huge number of people in relationships yeah. who aren't Separated. with their partners, absolutely. And that ranges from the youngsters like Maddie and yeah. through to Your young oldest. adults. and Is Yeah, he? my oldest, exactly. Young professionals, young mm. young kids and young adults, all... And people, and lots of people, lots of people have contacted us on our social media platforms that are actually divided by, by country as well, you know, or my husband was working in, in America, or Mm. we have a friend who recently got married Mm. and they've not had one day together, have they since? So I kind of wanted to say that as a caveat that we're not in in talking about, yeah, and talking about the the complications or difficulties of being with your partner in lockdown mm. we also recognize that the most fundamental there's going to be a vast number of people who just wish they were with mm. their partners regardless of the pressures yeah and of course those pressures when you're separated uh it's like it's like our daughter says you know god but if we should see each other we just get this sorted mm. out in two seconds so mm. so it's not just about oh god the aching for love and if only no. we could be together it's actually it's actually a lot of relationships are cracking up in yeah, separation yeah, yeah. so so this is about love in the time of corona or non-love or non-love or a love that is no more or a love that's i mean i keep hearing i don't know if you, you're hearing this i mean i keep hearing more and more stories of people who are i mean really struggling i mean like really struggling mm-hmm. i think uh, i think calls into various sort of marriage counselling services have gone mm. up. Mm. People are talking about the D word. I think calls to lawyers have gone up. I think mm. there's a general mm. malaise and, mm. and, and an intolerance creeping mm. in. Because I suppose it is so profoundly unnatural to only be with your partner for such a large amount of time. Well, we know someone. Obviously, we have to keep them anonymous. We know someone, don't we, that's been married yeah. for the last 20 years. And we like we and everyone that knows them knows it's the most terrible relationship marriage i mean no no violence or anything but you could see they're not happy yeah but you know 
And sometimes on a girls' night, we might discuss with her, well, do you not think, do you not think, you know, maybe it might be a good idea to maybe think about whether you should stay mm. together, you know, those sorts of girly mm. conversations. And it's always like, no, no, you know, we're, at, we're very happy. Thank you very much. Da, da, da. Well, a week into lockdown, the divorce word mm. came up. A week. <laughs> and it's interesting because actually Lord. what she has realised is that so much of her life is about distracting away from what she's unhappy with with wow. him. So wow. when work was taken out, when all the girls' nights were taken out, because sometimes, like, often with a girl's night, a lot of pressure mm. within the relationship can be taken away because mm. it's like, oh, my God, he's driving me, oh, me too, and that shared sense of... It's an outlet. Yeah, it's an outlet. And, and so I think that's a really important part of what's gone from a woman, from a woman's point of view, mm. for a lot of women, and certainly this person that we know, and um, you know they they're now they're now absolutely going to get a divorce. And, and you feel social media, or not social media, but these sort of uh, FaceTiming apps and platforms, do they not provide us a sufficient? Well, I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about if you for are like if you, know. you are a group of women that outlet a lot about yeah. your partners, then how do you do that in the house? Yes. Yeah. Because it, yeah. there's not many people that can be in a house and, and not be not, not be heard. I mean, we've got a good sized house, mm. and yet we can hear everything in every single oh, room. So there's nowhere that you could go and have a private conversation yeah. in this house. And I think that's the same for probably 98 percent of the population. It's tricky, that isn't it? Because I think yeah. men men spend most of their time um, not thinking about it, but trying not to think about it because they dread to think about what women actually say to each other mm. about them. And, I'm, and, you know, and I'm sure in, in a similar way, they're not as much. Do women worry about what men say about them to each other? No, not really. Because I think women dismiss because men's I think thoughts because, as a little bit simple. Well, I don't, I don't worry about it mm. at all because I am very sure of our relationship yeah. and what you think, think and feel of me, feel about me. So if you were to say to your male friend, oh my God, she's absolutely bloody driving me mad. Da, da, yes. da, I know that would just be an outlet and not actually a comment right, on a who. Right. Whereas if we were in a very bad place yeah. and you were, and I wasn't sure of what you felt of me deep down, then it would be difficult. But I think that you have to, people have to understand that in relationships, you have to be able to, I mean, look at the way that we discuss our children, all our relatives, you have to, because you yeah. have to discuss what's going on. Yeah. And so I do feel sorry for men in that, that men don't seem to have those kind of, yeah. in the same way, those relationships. Um, you know, so on a girls' night out, there's probably going to be one person that's having a really shit time and a couple of other women that are going to be able to say, oh, God, I know, well, mine, we were a bit like that at this time, but now we've done that. And that's all gone. All that conversation is gone. Can I just ask? I'm curious. This is interesting. You know when women, girls... I hate the term girls. It's so sort of like... I don't know why. It's all like... Fair girls to ladies. Yeah. But when you're out with other women and you're talking like that and you know that one in your group is, you know, under the cosh maybe or is struggling or needs to share with you guys, does it make you others want to sort of hide whatever the successes of your relationship are is there a is there a sort of impetus to kind of just share in the bad well i said no no <clears throat> no i mean i think when you're younger it's really really different and mm. i remember when i was younger and people used to i've always been one of those people that people would come and tell me their problems and i used to love sorting out people's problems so mm. people would come to me and go oh well you know this is probably and this right. is probably what you should do and with age i've learned that you absolutely don't do that 
mm. unless somebody asks you directly. Right. So I try and just listen and sympathise. Yeah. And it's like one friend of mine, um, I'm sure she won't mind me saying her name, actually, Donna. She was because God, you're always on the side of the men. And it actually, she's so wrong with that because what I'm on is the side of the woman. Right. So, like, if a woman is saying to me, oh, God, and and I've said, and I've said, well, maybe he's feeling like this and maybe it's da-da-da. Because that's the new me. The old me would have gone, oh, he's a right bastard and leave him. But actually, most people want to work out where they are. Most people want to be happier with the person that they're with. And most people don't want to hear another person go, oh, what a nasty fucker he is. Right. So... Because I do sometimes wonder, I do sometimes wonder in the complaining uh, about, about, you know, about relationships. And I think this is the case with men too. Um, There's almost, it's almost like, the done thing you would not turn up you know when I think back to when I used to meet up with friends drinking and da 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 there'd be little interest in going yeah it's all going great there'd be very little interest in that there'd be people are generally oh, let me yeah, do people yeah, are generally sort of only drawn to the problem so you're not going to meet up with people and, and go do you know what I'm having a really nice time with my partner you won't you'll just talk about other stuff and it won't come up it won't be you won't talk about what goes well in a relationship. No, I'd, I would. I would. But you are mindful because you just absolutely know when somebody's unhappy. Yeah. So there is the, there are the, the sorts of people that will go on and on about their partners and say mm. how wonderful and how everything. Not not people I know now. No, 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 I no. Don't, I'm talking about in the yeah. past. Yeah. And I would always be quite suspicious of that. I'd think, well, why are you having to tell everybody right. that when there's yeah, a girl over yeah, there yeah. crying about it? So it's just about getting a balance. It's yeah. just about being a good human being and picking your... If somebody wants to share in your mm. joy, you share in it. But you don't shove it down people's throats and because you don't know what, what's going on for people behind closed doors. Absolutely. And, and would you say that's one of the most challenging elements of this lockdown? It is how we find those connections with other people who are close to us outside of this bubble, which, is, which yeah. can become an incredibly intense um, bubble. <clears throat> well, I mean, you know, we've been through the ups and downs of the lockdown relationship like everybody has. And I would say that I feel very lucky that we've worked out a lot of our shit. Mm. But certainly, week one was difficult, very difficult for me because I was just crazy. Then I sort of calmed myself down a bit because I knew I couldn't sustain it the way I was. And I said to you and the girls, didn't Mm. I? I've lost it. I'm just Mm. gone. I'm Mm. not coping well at all. And I just put stuff into place. And then um, I think for the first few weeks after that, we were both just... At sea, we were like agitated. We were agitated, and and um, we were dealing with it in a different way. And at times, I really did feel absolutely trapped. I thought, "Oh my God, what am I going to do? What am I going to do if Mark wants to listen to the news all day and have horrible stories? What am I going to do if every morning he wakes up down, really down, because?" There is no escape. Because you are somebody that does... You, you tend to wake no, up... No, naturally you're right. I naturally <clears> wake up unhappy in a, than in a, I do. I might be so. more unhappy around four o'clock. You know, yeah. we have our different... Everyone has their rhythms. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and, and I think the rhythms that could normally be allowed because there's other stuff going on, you're in the same yeah, rhythm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so if at four o'clock... Four o'clock is kind of my low point... Mm. It's the time that I want sugar. It's mm. the time I feel tiredest. It's the time I feel weary with it all. I'm much more in the morning. I'm full mm. of hope. Every morning I'm full of hope. Which is interesting because I'm I full feel, of industry. Yeah, yeah. And I want to do everything in the morning. And then I and then I drop around mm. four. 
that's weirdly the time you quite often do your exercise. And I look at you and I think, how can you exercise yeah, yeah, no, at absolutely. Four? I always find that I'm building, I think three, four o'clock in any day is a difficult time for most people. And I like, this is classic addict, isn't it? I like to conquer that moment. <clears throat> I like to be completely counterintuitive as I'm hitting that moment where most of us, and if I'm in a work environment, I do too hit that ebb and I'm like, oh God, I could, it's a toss up between passing out asleep on the sofa or forcing myself to do a 30 minute hit. So I do the 30 minute hit. And if you think about it, why am I doing that? I'm doing that because it's like a court, it's like a shot of adrenaline and it sustains me through so the evening. It's unhealthy. It's probably unhealthy. Think but... about that article you were reading yesterday where they said, don't do that. Yeah, Listen yeah, to your... no, no, so no. what I've started... The propaganda to... of productivity. That is terrible. I'm not going to let you do that. No. So so what I've done is I, I now sort of go upstairs at around four mm. and I don't feel guilty. Yeah, no, it's good. I just lie around. I might read, might, if Creaky quite often comes to the room, we have a little chat and a yeah. giggle. I might scroll through Instagram. Yeah. I might do a bit of shopping. And that's actually working for me. And I stop. And then I re-energise again for the evening. Um, but before that, we've got into this sort of rhythm. I think we felt t- at times both very dark with each other's moods. I think we both felt, how do we fit in with Yeah, them? I think the word I would use, use, and I think this is a problem for anyone living together for such a long you know, period of time like this, it's the feeling that your whatever your approach to something is at that point is somehow being hijacked, whether intentionally or unintentionally. You know, it can be intentional. It can be intentional insofar as, you know, you can have one half of a couple who wants attention, who wants to be cared for or noticed or looked after and all that kind of stuff, which is just hideous when you're attending to yourself. Mm. Uh, it could be that, you know, mm. unintentionally hijacking because... I am, say, in the morning feeling I, I need to really build to a place of gratitude and satisfaction with things because I'm mulling stuff and, you know, I'm going through what I think the bloody meaning of it, or whatever that stuff is. It's funny how we totally do that. At a di- I do all that, but yeah, I just do it later yeah, in yeah, the absolutely. day. It's the circadian rhythms circadian rhythm. And those rhythms, so if you imagine those rhythms, so at first, you're right, you know, where I'd be on a peak, you'd be on a trough. And so the distance between us is quite, it's quite obvious. And I do, I don't know. I think it's that. interesting that we found a way to distance ourselves at that time. Obviously, we can't in the morning because the morning mm. is the time when we do stuff. But the afternoon, the fact that you're pushing through and driving yourself, I'm going to work with you on that. I know, but at the same time, don't work, Why with, don't you don't have work, it with, time? Don't work with me too much on it because it works for me. No, it and, and it does help my mental health at a point in the day when I am hitting a bit of a kind of a lull. And I, and I, do, I do like having the synapses in my head. So, so there's all of that. I mean, my heart does go out Somebody, to people. Mm. To, to a number of people have, have contacted us in terms of, you know, a partner of theirs or one half of the couple is just drinking a lot more. And I was thinking about this, especially as uh, I was talking to someone a couple of days ago on social media about what I might talk about in a chat about sobriety. And I'm, I'm big on this idea that you don't need to drink to be alcoholic, you know, or to be white knuckly or to be difficult to be around. You know what I mean? You don't need to necessarily just be drinking, but drinking is the most obvious symptom of dealing with this stress. And I can't, I, you know, I was trying to think about how I would have coped if you turned to drink more. And I think we often It'd talk about, we often talk about what it would have been like if I was drinking, but that's such a hypothetical. But I'm kind of staggered and amazed that you haven't turned to drink more than you have. <laughs> well, no, insofar as there's, you know, the rule, all rules, all bets are off. The rules are out the window. The game, the game of sort of the, the field of play is so completely different to anything we've been in before. And I'm not saying that that's a relief, but I think a, a huge number of couples are undergoing this really difficult mm. 
experience. Mm, of, I've got a friend and she's saying every day it's getting earlier and now it's four o'clock, they pop the bottle, bottle open like you would on holiday. And I, yeah. I've said this before, I think it's because when we first went into lockdown, we were set on the wrong foot because it was the Easter holidays. Yes. People had holidays that they cancelled. Yeah. It was sunny and they yeah. thought, sod it. If we, were, if we were in our villa now, we'd be having a bottle mm. of wine and a bag of crisps. Let's do it. Mm. And then people can't really get, are struggling to get off that. Mm. And yeah, lots of people have contacted me as well and said, I think we should do a whole separate podcast on how are you dealing with your partner's drinking in, in lockdown? Because mm. I think it's such a huge well, subject. Let's, let's do that for yeah. the next week. I think that's really But would good you one. say my alcoholic behaviour has kind of dissipated that sort of white knuckling? Or yeah. Or, I or think do you it, definitely know when it's coming? Because I'd have thought that's the closest we... The reason I'm mentioning it is not to bang on about bloody alcoholism again, but is to find the parallel in our lives to people struggling with someone who's actually drinking too much. Well, I, I, I really... Yeah, at one point when it was the most difficult between us, I felt like you were the most white-knuckling that I'd mm. seen you in a long time. And I completely understood that because mm. everyone was turning to drink. Yeah. Of course, it's like Denise, you know, Denise Welsh from Loose Women. She said it was the most challenging time of her eight years of sobriety. Not that she wanted to go and have a drink. She wasn't no. even thinking of having a no, drink. But she was the most challenged. Yeah. And you were the same. And I felt very desperate at points. I was like, oh, my God, there was a couple of times where I went off and had a cry because I thought, I don't know how to deal yeah. with this. Yeah. And then I think I begged you to go to an AA meeting. Well, unfortunately, you did a monologue for the for the vlog that I watched. I mean, what a curious way to message oh, me. Oh, God, that's was, right. it was when you, It was actually me editing your commentary in one of our earlier vlogs about worrying about me. And I was crying whilst editing. And not in a sobbing, you know. No, but, but, but I, a tear rolled down my cheek as I realised, oh, my God, this is... Why, what hit you? Well, what hit me was the how tenderly you were talking about it. I was thinking, okay, this is she's really worried. She's really worried. She's concerned. She feels that she's done as much as she can. Mm. She doesn't quite know what to do beyond what she's done. So it's you know I'm, I can be quite literal sometimes. I thought so. The onus is on me. I, I, I can't not hear this. Well, I think the thing was, and it's like I've said to you, I've said this to you quite quite often over over the years. It's like I can take it if you're depressed. Mm. I can take it if you're anxious. Because, but the thing, the most difficult thing for me when you get anxiety is that you will, I can see the route you could go is like, I'm really anxious and I'm feeling really this. And we could really connect mm. over that. But what happens is you go into this protection, you tighten and you get very sharp mm. and you get, and you get cross and you can't see that you're cross. And that's my definition of white knuckling. It's like it's like that's where you would where somebody might have had a drink and just relaxed a bit. And because you can't have that drink and have relaxed a bit, you were getting more and more and more irritable. Right, right. And I thought, and I don't know if you remember one day I, I, I went to the door and I went, seven six I won't be able to do six weeks yeah, of this. Because yeah, yeah. it was like quite early on. And then that was the day that you went into the car and you did a vlog and I did a vlog in here. Mm. And actually I was a lot angrier than I Show. I was very careful in the way that I shared that because I didn't want to diss you on the, you know, uh, out in public apartment, but I was actually really angry and I talked to myself. And the reason this is relevant, I think, if you're listening, but listener is, I think where we all go wrong in our relationships, and God, Mark and I do every day, is that we don't sometimes, sometimes we don't interrogate what our anger actually means. 
It's like anger is a valid emotion, but what, usually there's something underneath it. So I was getting angrier and angrier, but actually I was getting more and more scared mm -hmm. and I was getting more and more unhappy. So I talked myself down from being angry before I did that message to you. And obviously not everyone's on social media. So mm. maybe the way that you could apply this to your lives is write a letter. Mm. Like if I hadn't have done that film, I would have written a letter probably to you or an email to you and said, listen, I don't know what to do next. I can see you're suffering, mm. but you don't realise that those that love you are suffering around that as well. But and I, you went to an AA meeting. Well, no, no, I did. But also it was interesting because I think it, it totally parallels. An online It's, it's like our now. own experience as a household in which I don't drink anymore. It's like our own experience, I hope, or would have thought for a lot of people out there, what they're going through with a partner who is drinking too much. Because I, I was demonstrating a similar behaviour. That's what white knuckling is about, you know. So I was snapping. And when, you, when I heard you say that and I was thinking about it, I did feel, going back to where we were at at that point, two or three weeks in, I was aware that the most, the simplest of things were really igniting me. I mean, I was really, you know, and I'm not, I'm not a like fast, snappy person. I'm not like that. I can be a bit moody. I can be a bit sulky. <clears throat> and I like the fuse was very short. Yeah, my fuse was incredibly <clears throat> short. Understandably. But my fuse was incredibly short. And so, you know, I think an, an important note to anyone listening is a lot of the emotions that we're all feeling individually, we've got to recognise that whatever kind of couple you're in, you are individuals first, mm. and necessarily so. Mm. Um, and in your individualness, I love the word, when you actually interrogate the word selfish, not to, it's never good to be selfish, but there is a sense of, you can only have a true Self sense of yourself. Yeah. And so to be selfish is to be like, you know, to know one's just oneself. And so if your partner or someone you're with without alcohol is getting angry i think you just have to often just trust or if you're feeling anger but you're and this is one of the most dangerous things in couples to do is you feel anger and you park it on the person opposite you yeah and it's not <laughs> them i think what you say it's very hard to kind of as you're feeling right if you can just stop the rage coming up and ask yourself is this actually about what they're doing mm. or is this actually about the entire situation and what they're doing is mm. their own way of coping but also, but also, is the anger because because you don't know what to do with the sadness mm. and the fear, mm. so you've transferred it to anger mm. because anger can keep us can keep us you know can keep us up can keep us buzzing mm. can keep us moving can keep us safe mm. because when you're angry you're safe because you're just like you've closed yourself in and it's actually really difficult to sit hard. down and break down what you're angry about. You see, you can't ask for what you want in a relationship if you don't know what it is. This is what I say to the girls. Mm. I say, work out what you want. Mm. If you're unhappy, what is it that you want? And how can you maybe ask that within the limitations of your relationship? Obviously, we communicate very well, so I'm always mindful of the listener that's listening well, that's that has somebody that doesn't want to listen. Mm. And I think that, you, you, that everybody knows, probably knows quite well their partner's limits. So you work out what those are. If it's somebody, if you're with somebody that you just never can have a conversation like this with. Must be very hard. Yeah, but you know what? You maybe also have an incredible power there because maybe it's been years that you've approached them with anything. Right. And maybe they will listen. Yeah. Now, I do think it's very, very difficult to get somebody to sit down and listen to you. I'm a great advocate for maybe writing a short note even. Mm. Not writing a big letter, maybe writing one sentence. Maybe leave a few notes around the house. Mm. Just saying, with no accusations. Mm. 
You've got to say what you would like, how you would feel, what you think maybe they would like, what maybe where we're all going wrong. That sort of language will get you much further on. Well, no, I can't take any more. No, 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 absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's all the same stuff, isn't it, really, that you, you, you go through. I mean, every single situation is, is a 50-50 situation. You know, even if one person's lazy and you can't tolerate it and then you blow, then you have to ask questions of why did you allow that laziness to keep manifesting itself? You know, there are, two, there are always two sides to a, to, a, to a problem. There are always two sides to a problem. You know, it's like the you know, the enabler or the person who allows bad behaviour. You could just say it's the person with the bad behaviour, but you keep going back in and mm. you keep sanctioning mm. that bad behaviour. Mm. So I think there's always a way. You, If you accept that whatever the crisis is that you're going through or the difficulty that you're going through, that you are responsible for some part of it, yeah. then you can just get on, so with, just get on say, with trying to work out <clears throat> what that is. So that you could, you would say, you would, so instead of saying, can you clear up or can you not yeah. do? If, if you said... Can we maybe, Find if you way. always yeah, yeah, make yeah, yeah, it yeah, we, yeah, yeah, then you don't get people's backs up. The one thing you don't want to do in lockdown is to keep getting each other's backs mm. up because it will, we could be doing this for a lot longer. Mm. i tell you one of the most stressful areas. Sorry, I've just got a cough. <coughs> I think one of the most stressful areas that a number of comments have come through about in terms of relationships and, and love in Corona are sort of bending of the rules for each other's families or, or different situations with each families and and the pressure so we all have issues with in-laws you know i mean fortunately we don't have that many but there are always it's always a kind of there's a pressure point there in a lot of families about whose side of the family kind of can come you know comes around more and all that kind of stuff and a number of people are talking about the fact that you know this crisis puts a really strong spotlight on those cracks and issues in partnerships so it's quite you know i think in what, a, sorry i don't well in so far well like down to things like you know the bubble the who do we see how, how can we see people who's, so those conversations house, that are happening now are getting uh, uncomfortable, uncomfortable already, exactly yeah. uncomfortable so it's putting another you know i think people sort of it's too strong a word fortunately i love my mother-in-law but you know people who loathe their mother-in-laws mm. or have problems with them you know the prospects of having to sort of have them come and live with them or the prospects of not seeing them or being able to kind of not deal with them at all is like possibly quite preferable well, because it's preferable. just absolutely every single crack that mm. was there mm. is just got fingers Amplified. in it opening it and rubbing every wound yeah, and rubbing yeah, yeah. a bit of salt yeah. in it yeah. because there are no distractions there's no going down the pub. There's no going off mm. to a restaurant. There's no going out with your mates. There's no cinema. There's no mm. theatre. There's nothing. nothing. There's no work. There's no... I mean, everybody, it seems to me, in the world has already cleaned their house and done all their garden. We've still had to do that. Yeah. But how are people distracting mm. that used to distract? It's like a friend of mine was saying the other day that um, <clears throat> a friend of his had called him and said, I, I, can't, I, I can't do it. We're yeah. going to have to get a divorce. And he yeah. was like trying to calm down and saying, listen, look, it's lockdown. It's really, really difficult. Mm. Everybody's, you know, stressed and strange. She went, no, we don't have a single thing in common. Well, what do you do when you realise that? <sighs> that is scary. Because we're sitting here and talking about people that maybe fundamentally want to get be together. Yeah. But, are, but there's a lot that's been shown up in their relationship that they've realised they've had to attend to, that's one that's whole one set thing. of things. But then, but then the other be... one that just goes, the other set that goes, we've got nothing in common, yeah. we've been high. So, I mean, that could be a eureka moment. 
Well, it could and, be. And a justified eureka moment. I mean, one's not, I mean, one thing we're not saying is that's why so far is in it, is that you don't just stay in a relationship for the sake of it if, if, you, if fundamentally it's not the relationship that you should be in. Mm. So what if you are one of those people who right now has, is, is facing, and, you know, denial doesn't just happen around addiction. Denial happens mostly in relationships. You can well, deny, deny, deny. Because it's so very deny. complicated to break up, whether you're yeah, exactly, renting a place, exactly. whether you've bought, bought a place together, kids... You know, you don't have the choice, do you, to just walk away? And now everyone's got that feeling with lockdown. I mean, there are people breaking up left, right and centre. But there are people still conducting, you know... Uh, infidelities. Infidelities within lockdown. I mean, I, I find that... And then, But then, of course, I suppose you think about it... Well, think were... about all the people that are having affairs. Yeah. And now it's just going on on their phone. I, know. I mean, it's just people are going through hell. Hell. This is hell. This is hell for so many so people. So really what it, what this is, is an amplification and almost a speeding up, a time-lapse speeding up of whatever the cracks were and are in your relationship. They're just getting faster and faster and faster. And in a weird way, the difficulty I'd have thought for many people is there's no real p potential, I don't know, I don't know if there is, to reach out to a marriage counselling service in this crisis, is there? Well, I mean, I think that that's what's got to start happening next. They've got yeah, to start some... off in that because it's very... I mean, the problem is... Every single aspect of life and the world is in is at breaking point. Yes. And we talk a lot on our channels about our fear for the wave of mental health conditions that are coming yeah. in. Well, divorce is a huge yeah, problem, true. not just for the people that are in mm. it, but for the wider community and the wider mm. world. And that sets off a whole new... Yeah, because people Dominoes keep talking about that. Well, and also I think there's a slightly different sort of dynamic at work because we often, I keep hearing parallels with, you know, the Blitz and how there was the baby boomer generation came about due to, you know, the uh, lockdowns during the bombings mm. and all that kind of stuff. Um, and people have obviously remarked that given that we've all been at home, there was a kind of pink cloud, as they call it, at the beginning of, oh, you know, we're all at home and there's a lot of sex happening. So they reckon there's going to be a bounce in births at Christmas. Um but we are a different generation to the war generation. The war generation was about knuckling down, getting on with it. And okay, maybe not with all the touchy-feely, emotional, psychological, mm. mental welfare type of stuff. But they people stayed together because it was the done thing, morally, economically and socially. We're in a different situation now where I think you're right. I think the idea that you just stay together and make it work... Um, this crisis is going to result in so many more divorces. And I think the baby boom idea isn't necessarily going to stack. We could end up having a bounce in babies and a bounce in divorces. And well, split. I'm sure the Marriage Guidance Council and all that are doing are doing online um, sessions. But I mean, I think to be for people that are listening in and, 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 and that know that we've had a marriage of many bumps, because I think all marriages do. I think it's the same old, same old, same old. It's mm. like if you cannot communicate, if you cannot up open the lines of conversation, it's going to be incredibly difficult. Mm. And that maybe the way to see the problems in your relationship at the moment, they were there before lockdown. Like there's not this, if you're having problems now, they were there before and they weren't being seen. So maybe a pinhole of light is to say, maybe this is an opportunity that we have this time to work on our marriage. But it, and you might think, I don't want to work on this marriage, I hate her or I hate him. But actually, this is a point of no choice. Nobody's getting divorces at this time. No, no, no. So maybe you've been backed into a corner, we've all been backed into a corner, where we have to address the shit 
that we were putting the carpet over and hoping it wouldn't smell. I'm going to, I'm going to say something that's a bit contentious and a bit derogatory towards my own gender. But um, by and large... <laughs> da, 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 da. No, no, but by and large, I would say it's probably men are more resistant to the idea of sitting down and having yeah. a big emotional conversation. So. You know, they dread it. But what I would say as a line of advice to women is that if you're needing and wanting and really feel a desire to kind of connect with your partner, but your partner is a bloke like many blokes I've known and like I used to be, a bloke who doesn't really want to engage with it and it's a bit... Treat them a little bit like you would a teenager. Think of think of leading them into that conversation with something nice, like it's you, you're both having a nice meal or you're having a nice time or something. Or you're, you're, you're doing something that's a little bit more sort of... You can guarantee that you're both on the same page somewhat. It might be that you're watching a film together or you say, let's have a bit of a date night tonight. I know it sounds like, oh, then you're going to kind of hijack it with some big heavy shit. But as long as you're not saying you want to split up, you just want to connect. But you're when more I likely say to that, get... when I say to you, can we talk about something, right? You always go, oh, God, no, 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 but what is it? Can I, yeah, but I'll, I'll so you... what is a better way for me to say it to well, you? Not to say it like, can we talk about something? Those, then what should those, I say? Those... Don't you don't even need, you can be a bit cleverer than that. You can just if it, if it comes up naturally, just look up for a oh that's something that I've been meaning to say actually. Da, 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 da. If if you but make you it, will say you've often said this. Oh, we were having a nice time, and now you've brought this up. So I've actually consciously made decisions sometimes. Why don't we just talk about that rather than well, it being okay? Something well, here, nice. here's an answer to that. Perhaps both ways are appropriate at different times. I think you just have to judge the situation. I think in some situations you'd probably if it's a big enough thing where you have to say, look, can we just have a sit down and a talk. I think most men are going to react badly to that. I don't as much because of all the therapy we've been through and the fact that I'm thinking, okay, I don't want, I don't want to hear it, but I'm going to know what I'm going to hear is going to be good, you know. But I think if you've got someone who's diametric, nothing about them is even this way inclined. It's very tough. It's very easy to sit here sometimes. Oh, very tough. An, I'm not saying That's we are in That's why I'm in saying just start tower, it with a couple to, of lines. Yeah, yeah, start yeah. Start it with a line on a yeah. note. yeah. Just say, can we? But you, you know, see, the I'm, beginning I'm... of the beginning of the beginning of raising a problem might be that you don't even need to deal with the problem because you might say, "Look, honey, can we just take a bit of us time tonight?" And in taking that us time without talking about anything, they might it might be a nice enough experience. Can I ask you this question something. then? Because this is what a lot of women would say: If I do that, he will immediately think I'm talking about sex. If you if you do what? If, if you, I oh, say, "Oh, can we have some us time?" Like. There's right. one friend of mine right. who says, oh, she goes, sometimes I really want to cuddle up with mm. my husband and mm. I really want to, you know, hold her. But she said he immediately reads that as sex. She right. says, and the thing is, if he would just let me and if he would just cuddle me and if he would just, we would get to sex, but it's immediately about sex. Okay, well, my advice on that would so, be if, that's the, if, the, if, the, if the bloke in the situation is that way inclined, don't tell him that at that point. If don't that's tell him what? Don't say, if you're cuddling up or you're wanting to have a nice evening, don't, don't, if you're in the situation of an evening cuddling up or just don't cuddle up with him if you don't want to say it, if you know that's what he's going to think. No, but if you don't... say even us time, men tend to think that. Well, no, men no, no, I think, often I think... think, oh, you mean you want to have sex? Well, okay. it's, it's dangerous. I mean, what's tricky with men, and this is where men and I get embarrassed for our gender is, it depends on the bloke. I mean, you could say, look, this isn't about sex, honey. This is about, I just want us to spend some really nice time together. And I just want us to talk and I just want us to yeah, watch something. Yeah, loads of men won't understand Yeah, that. no, no. Well, also loads of men, if they hear it's not about sex, it'll be like, all right, I'm going to give my friends a call later then. I mean, I don't know what you... In that situation, I literally don't know what you do. I literally don't know what you do. Because it's why I don't have that many male friends, if I'm honest. 
if I'm honest, because I can't, I can't relate to that. You, you've got to be able to have, it's, it, you know, if you can't imagine that there's intimacy without sex, then I don't, I don't, I think you've got a problem. There's a problem yeah. there. Um, all I'm saying to some women is, is that there'll be some men who you can, you can, you know, you need to be a little bit wily how you get to get to topics. Oh, of course. I mean, and it's not just, and I'm sure it's the same with you yeah, and me. I think, person, I think yeah. that's relationships. That's, that's emotional intelligence. You know, different, like you can have five, six different children and each yeah. one of them you would need to approach yeah. them in a different way to basically get what you want. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what I would recommend in this lockdown situation is like we went for a walk in the park the other day and I'm finding it really beneficial. I found it really beneficial to walk away from the family. Um, mm, I like yesterday. to do that sometimes. And I felt it really, I really needed it. Not because anyone's making any demand. I'm the most annoying member of the family. So, and I'm like the puppy that's constantly like, come on, this is fun. This is silly. This, is, And I recognise that. But sometimes... If I'm honest, sometimes that within me is a performance too, mm. because it's my way of keeping the morale up, distracting. I mm. love to make the girls laugh, and, and and I find it fucking exhausting sometimes. Well, you do and, do it a lot. No, no, and I do do it a lot. We and do I don't mind it. doing it's, it a lot, it... and I think the girls really do like it. But there are some times when, and so that little walk, so allowing yourselves that exercise. I mean, we can now exercise as much as we want, can't we? So I think it would be really advisable, even if you don't want to walk that you go for a walk or if your partner goes, you go separately. Sometimes when we've gone for a walk and I really have wanted to walk fast because I love to walk fast mm. and f- f- ahead and I think, oh God, I better not because they're all going to think I'm in a mood or in, mm. I'm in a, and that's really annoying. So I think that's good that we've said that because I think some, not always, but I think sometimes if you say, well, I'm going to walk around on my own, nobody goes, well, that's weird. Why are you walking yeah, yeah, on your yeah, own? Yeah, no, it's really because important. it's the only time that we're actually, we, that one might get But, but that, that time. said, better that you talk about it and say, do you know what? We might walk off on our own today. And you say that before, because there is nothing worse than when you go out and someone does just storm off and you are left thinking, God, I hope I haven't done anything wrong. Mm. It's better to let people mm. know. Look, Somebody broke my heart that messaged us yesterday on Instagram. And she said, we'd asked the question, what are you finding difficult in lockdown? She said that my husband won't go for a walk with me ever. Oh. Don't you think that's so awful? Yeah, I mean, that's the other side. I mean, that's the only thing that you can see. With that, I would I would write a note and say, I just wish you would. Mm. I just think back to when we were first together. You would have walked with me. Can't mm. we just use this time to try and get our marriage better than it was yeah. before we went into lockdown? Yeah. But unfortunately, some people are going to just have to decide that their relationship doesn't work, I suppose, and that's that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Sad. there you go, guys. Difficult. Go. I think we should do, are you worried about your partner is drinking in lockdown? Okay, yeah. Really and do. any other suggestions, guys, leave them below yeah. for what you think we could be talking about in these strange times. It's a bit like our Confessions of a Modern Parent podcast that we do. It seems a bit trite to be discussing stuff not through the lens of this remarkably unprecedented mm. situation that we're going through. Said I've always got to get it in everywhere. Mm. Uh, please subscribe, please Stay like, please leave everyone. comments. Stay safe, everyone. Yeah. And um, get plenty of sleep, eat well, <laughs> and go for a walk separately, go for a walk. but maybe together. <laughs>